What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Illist Podcast with your host, William Yank and Roni B. Bring. Say what's up, hey, Roni. Hey, guys. How are you? <laughs> well, you can't answer, but... <laughs> <laughs> We're back uh, with another week this Wednesday. Um, lots going on. Lots going on uh, changing our lives. Uh, as you know, Roni had surgery last week, and I had my own tests and things going on. Um, so at the beginning of this podcast, we're going to update you real quick. And from there, we're just going to quickly move over to um, pretty much things talking about like mindset, perspective through cancer, um, how we do what we do and how to get through um, different things like setbacks and stuff like that. We're also going to touch on briefly, uh, actually not even briefly, we're probably going to go pretty in depth to fertility, menopause for women, um, uh, hormone treatments, different things like that, that women face. And you'll get the male perspective too for fertility treatment uh, through cancer. So Roni, if you want to start us off, let's, uh, let's yeah, get off with a little you. bit of update. How, how was your surgery? What's going on? Okay. So surgery went really well. Um, my elbow has other issues, so we won't talk about those, but this, the purpose of the surgery, um, it, it went well. Um, they took out the screw, they cleaned it out. Um, any lingering bacteria in there was washed out hopefully. And I recovered really quickly, actually. I was only in the hospital one night. I sort of ran away nice. from there. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They gave me the option. They're like, you could stay if you want. And I was like, no, yeah, I'll, no. I'll pass, but I appreciate <laughs> the offer. Um, I went straight home. I don't remember the first few days, but I've been doing good. Like I drove today. I don't know if that's allowed, but I did that. It's lit. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. So everything's good. Um, good. And thank you for asking. Um, yeah. But I, I did actually want to talk about perspective um, because it actually came up when this week I was talking to one of my good friends that I met through uh, the blog on Instagram. Um, and he was mentioning the fact that he was uh, losing hair, he, he gets radiation to his neck and he was losing hair to the bottom portion, uh, his upper neck, basically bottom portion of your head. Um, and he wasn't expecting that. And it was really freaking him out. And, um, my, like my immediate thoughts or my response to him was, first of all, it sucks. Like we know, we know that it sucks to lose hair. All of the side effects of cancer, um, are pretty terrible. And, it's really easy to just be like, um, and I am ugly. I, what are people going to think of me? Like, oh no, what, what's happening to me? All of these thoughts that just don't take you anywhere positive. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it made me start thinking about how um, not too long ago, about a year ago, I started reframing my thoughts, changing my perspective um, because it's really easy to be like, oh, well, cancer, you know, stole everything from me. My life is over. Um, uh, type, those types of thoughts. It's really easy to say those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I started saying I got cancer and it gave me the strength to get through the toughest experiences in life. Or now I know my body better than I ever thought I would. Um uh, things like that like it brought yeah, it brought my yeah, family no, together not that we weren't together but even closer 
So I started changing yeah. my thoughts to like the, the opposite side, like a different perspective, basically. And mm-hmm. it's really simple things that I, that I tweaked and it changed my life. Um, so initially I would say these things. I sort of started by saying it was about my body. So I'm pretty self-conscious about my scars and things that cancer left me with. Um, yeah. And I used to always, I used to have really terrible thoughts about my body. It would be thoughts such as, is it worth living like this? Yeah. Like looking like this is, is you think you take I, a good hard look at your quality of life. Yeah. And, am I still worthy of being a person of being a woman of, you know, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. every day I actually started saying to myself, you are beautiful. And before I believed it, you know, I would say mm-hmm. it every single day, but I didn't believe it as a joke. Almost. I would also say it with my friends, like, you know, I'm perfect. Like things like that. I was clearly <laughs> joking, but it was, yeah. it was doing something internally because my life yeah. changed. I don't know how long it took, but after a while, I was, I truly believed. I was like, well, I'm kind of beautiful. Like, <laughs> you know, Hell and yeah. it started with saying things that I didn't believe, which sounds, doesn't sound like it makes, exactly. yeah, exactly. It sounds like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It sounds like a crazy person talking, but that's really, it really changed my life because I went from thinking, is it, is life worth living to, I'm sort of excited for tomorrow, you know? <laughs> Hell complete yeah. th- like 180 <laughs> i was gonna say 360 but that's no it's, it's interesting <laughs> like well first i want to apologize real quick if you guys hear any sort of like banging around behind me <laughs> uh, we're do- currently putting new floors in my house and so we're <laughs> on four innovation mode um and so apologies for that real quick but uh and then quick update on me yeah i uh moved home as a lot of you saw uh still waiting for a lot of results back. Um, the celebration in Baltimore was simply a congrats on finishing transplants. Um, we have not uh, designated or anything cancer-free, anything like that yet, um, but I'll keep you posted next week probably with that information. So, Okay. Um, by the way, he's looking, but as for, oh. <laughs> by the way, he's looking freaking amazing because I see him right now. <laughs> And um, he just looks so strong and healthy and great. And it's like the best thing in the world to see. Glowing season. Let's go. Are you pregnant, (laughs) Loki? You're glowing. (laughs) No, No, I'm not. But uh, speaking of perspective, though, you you brought up that you said things that you didn't believe. And it's interesting because one of the first things that I noticed when we met Roni, like when talking to you, is that you never had a bad thing to say about yourself. Like you were always... (laughs) you were always like, I'm the shit, like, I'm perfect, like, oh, you know I look good, like, it was, I, I couldn't even compliment Roni, because she was already doing it for herself, and that's, that can be kind of intimidating from a person that, you know, is insecure and things like that, because that really shows the security in yourself, it shows a love for yourself that is not just given to oneself overnight, it came from all those times that you repeated those I guess, disbeliefs to yourself, right? That you didn't think at first. Yeah, for sure. And you also probably heard me, like, like I said, how I joke with my friends and I'm like, I'm perfect. Like I'm, I'm a police, like all these things. Um, So it was still, it's still me practicing that type of like thought process. Like, exactly because I, I want to, it's not perfect yet. I still have days where I'm like, 
okay, this, this is terrible. And I hate my life like yeah. this, but the big picture is that I'm happy. And, and that's what I'm trying to get, get at. Like, even though like, I, I don't want people to think that I think I'm perfect. I don't, this is just how I, what, this is, it's how you yeah, cope. exactly. It's how I cope and it, and it yeah. really helps. And I wanted to bring that up because maybe it could help someone else because I really promise you just saying something like that to yourself every day, a three word sentence, I am beautiful or bald is beautiful, whatever it is that you yeah, yeah. like want to, whatever you're self-conscious about. Um, yeah. You just say like a short little sentence like that every day and try to convince yourself of it, even though you don't believe it, say it with emotion. Correct. I feel like that helps yeah. when you're like, Oh, yeah. you are beautiful. Like, Something like that. Yeah. Give it some emotion. <laughs> when Rhoda used to say that, I used to think she was fooling herself. <laughs> when I first met her, I was like, oh my gosh. But then, like, as you get to know her, you notice that it's like a genuine thing for her. Like, she says it because she's working on believing it and it doesn't even appear or come off as that way. Like, oh, I don't know. I really hope a, I don't come off thing. that way. No, 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 no. You're good. Okay. But, like, it's just, it's just interesting to look at. And, for me personally, my perspective, you know, one of my favorite uh, speakers, Inky Johnson, said a speech and during said a speech, of course, he spoke. Gosh, well, um, <laughs> but uh, he said a phrase that is you got to stop wondering why me and start thinking, why not me? And it's going to why flipping the switch that way and f- thinking, you know, why not me? Why? Why not me get cancer to give this? you know, an opportunity to help other people or why not me uh, to use my uh, cancer to, I don't know what you're trying to do. You could help feed more chickens, like whatever you want to do with your life, like flip it on a switch and think of ways to look at it as an opportunity, not as a detractor or something that is harming you. Look at it as an opportunity to make a change in your life or an opportunity to uh, do something you love. Like, yeah. don't don't look at it as something that's giving you help or grief because it's not. Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, like I, I, or I'm not sure if I said this actually, but I, I used to be depressed, and uh, I mean, I think that's clear yeah. when I said that I was like suicidal. I used to be depressed, yeah. and um, like just that that switch, like doing something that people used to tell me to do this, or my therapist would would tell me to do this all the time and I would be like that sounds so ridiculous saying words is is not going to change my life in any way that I didn't even want to do it 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 felt so stupid and trivial just not not something worth worth doing um or trying but it's so so easy even if it didn't work what did you you wasted like three seconds a day like no yeah to say it's it's so worth it guys and I I really would like you to try it only because it helped me so much. And I, I would love to see it help you. Um, and if yeah. you do try it, give it time because it might take a month or two or a few more, depending on, you know, how self-conscious you are in, in that regarding that, whatever you're thinking about. Not yeah. Realm. Yeah, um, yeah. And like, I want to give you guys literally an easy thing. A lot of you notice that I post, well, oftentimes I haven't been very good at it lately, but I do it when I feel it. 
Um, I post my three gratitudes on Instagram on my story. And then I also was trying to get into the habit of posting three affirmations. That's simply what Roni is doing is she's, she's giving herself affirmations of herself Mm -hmm. that are things that you don't believe yet, but you want to believe or make come true. Right. So like you, you, some of you may notice that some of my affirmations were like, I am cancer free. And I would get a bunch of DMS from everybody asking, Whoa, you're cancer free. No, I'm not cancer free. This is me speaking it into existence. This is me affirming it to myself. That's right. That it is going to happen. And so just try that like throw it up on your story it doesn't have to be for anybody but yourself and that's what i do it i i never post my affirmations or my gratitudes unless i feel it yeah. right if i'm not in a in an emotional state where i'm actually grateful that would be bs to just post up gratitudes because i feel like i have to right. not because i get to yeah right and so yeah for sure and and i actually do my gratitudes at night before i go to sleep um, I just say yeah. it every night and it's become like a ritual. I can't fall asleep without saying them. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm sure that's helpful too. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah. It, like you can, you can put it in a journal. Like it doesn't have to be public, put it in a journal, write it down. That just makes it even more real and more manifestable. If that's <laughs> even word, but no, we, um, we all get it. Yeah. But that, like writing it down, journaling it, however you want to do it, get it out there into the world because it will slowly and incrementally change the way you view yourself, your environment around you, your situation, whatever you're going through um, exponentially. So, and um, yeah, just remember perception is reality. So yeah, you might have cancer, but your life could be amazing if you just see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, cancer gives you a lot of opportunities to do things as well. Like you get, I know some people still have to work and go through a lot of hard things, but you know, if it's a, if you're a younger, young adult, you know, maybe you're able to take that break from school and figure out what exactly you want to do. Maybe you're able yeah. to, you know, take a step back and maybe you're not in the career that you want to be in and you're able to, you know, gain perspective on what's important to you and For then sure. shift that career path. Yeah. You know? And what's important so. to you in life in general. But exactly. Yeah. Boom. Drop mics, Roni. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't say anything. But, uh, um, I love it. but yeah, um, I'm glad we spoke about that. Uh, I also kind of wanted to discuss, um, I guess, setbacks. Um, because in cancer, we feel like we have a lot of them, whether, you know, at least with young yes. adults, especially, yeah. um, <clears throat> we, or I'll just give you an example. Um, I missed all of high school. I was diagnosed, well, most of high school, I was diagnosed the first week and then I missed the rest. Um, so to me, it was like, well, I missed out on high school and that's a, that's a huge setback and college. I I didn't get to go to college, like have a normal college life. Like everybody else did. I lived at home. I took courses. I came in my wheelchair. Uh, I started at a community college and, and got good grades until I was able to transfer because I didn't go to high school. Um, and um, essentially, a lot of people go through similar things like that, just like you did, Will. Um, and yeah. I wanted to talk about how, even though we have these like setbacks per se, setbacks. they're yeah. not really setbacks um, because not everyone has the same path in life. Like, yeah, the majority of people go to high school, but 
you know, we're fighting for our life. So we're learning mm-hmm. other things. We're learning, you know, about ourselves, yeah. about the, about the world. So many, um, it, so much inner growth, I feel like happens when you're sick. Yeah. Um, so you're growing yeah. in a different way and it's okay that you didn't necessarily, you know, get that job that you wanted or, you know, go to college or high school or dance or, you know, cheerleading, whatever it is that you wanted to do yeah. and you couldn't do it. That's okay. And maybe the, you, know, you weren't meant to be doing that at that time. Exactly. Exactly. Right. No, I, and I, I want to, so for cancer patients, I had, a, I had a friend recently just this past week or two weeks ago. Um, I'm not sure if you're listening to the podcast right now, but she recently relapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she had a transplant, but then she relapsed. And I wanted to hit on this because, well, I myself have relapsed twice, right? Um, and I know exactly how she feels. And that can feel like a hell of a setback for a, a patient themselves. Absolutely. And I think this kind of goes right along with our discussion of like the perspective and mental mm-hmm. health, you know, like these, though you're missing these things, like you said, try to find an opportunity um, to change that curve, exactly. path, right? Maybe the universe is telling you you're not doing something and it's kind of trying to set you on the back on that path. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm being like hundred percent honest, I'm not sure I learned my lesson the first time I got sick. You know, uh-huh. I think it took me those two relapses for me to figure out, well, you need to do what you love, not what, uh, like what other people want you to do, what society wants you to do, or what you think people want you to right. do, right? Do what you want to yeah. do. And I just think that's super important to say that. And for the non-cancer people, this can come in the form of like a breakup, right? Yeah. You have, you're going to go through a significant amount of motions, but also a lot of exponential inner growth during that. You're going to learn what you're going to get ahead on what you want in somebody else. You're going to learn about more about what you don't want. You're going to learn uh, what you deserve, respect. You're going to probably gain some self-love. You're probably going Absolutely. to, you know, you know whether you go to the gym more you start eating different whatever whatever change you make right uh those are all things that can kind of counter that setback and i I think it's it's important to notice that setbacks are inevitable in life in general not even just cancer like yeah not even just cancer yeah life doesn't go the way you plan yeah Yeah. or you get fired or like yeah COVID. hate waking up doing what you're doing (laughs) yeah i don't know and and also, but so you know, setbacks. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> you know, the big picture. Yeah. At the same time, it's gonna happen in life, and we sort of just have to accept it. And yeah. if we're gonna accept it, we might as well turn it into something good. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The hardest thing so, for me, honestly, when I relapsed, and I'm sure she's feeling this now, but was still having hope. Right. Right. For mm-hmm. for thing like cancer, right? When when that comes back, it, it's it's not good. Like that's that's a very scary thing to face. It's a very uh, monumental thing. You, you have to start through a whole different set of treatments, right? You don't really know yeah. the future. Um, and usually, when you, sorry, um, when you relapse, at least for me, it, relapsing is not a good thing because you don't like the first thing didn't work. Meaning you have like one less thing to try. To cure it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah, relapsing is, is never a good thing. And Continue. as you know, folks, 
you know, this past 10 months, I was trying multiple different treatments that were not working for me. We tried a chemo regimen. We tried immunotherapy types. We were trying to get me into remission to even get to transplant. The whole reason I went to Baltimore in the first place, and I wasn't, I was still struggling to get there. And I can't tell you each time that we would take the bone marrow and it wasn't MRD negative or minimal residual disease negative. So there's no sign of leukemia. I, I got more scared and more scared and more hopeless because you're starting to, like you said, Ronan, you're starting to run out of options and it's scary. So finding hope in those times, I I don't even know what advice I could give Ronan, honestly. I'm like, do you have any, like, how would you stay hopeful? It's funny that you you said that because I was just thinking, this is such a hard topic for me. And I honestly don't know what I, what I do know is that you need to surround yourself with people who love you and care for you and are there for you and stay positive around you. You really need people who are positive around you because at least uh, speaking from experience, what got me through is my family who, and you know, those those close friends um, that just got me, got me through it because they didn't let me believe that um, failing was an option. You know, I was only going to be like, the only option was to go into remission. That was the only option. So yeah. I, they didn't let me believe anything else. So I, 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 be, I believe them, you know? Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I had the same kind of support system with my family. Like, and I, though I was, you know, getting hopeless, I also still like in the deep seeds of my soul, like had this blind faith that it was still going to work out. Yeah. You know, like I still had this blind faith that like, I would like, and I, I still don't know where we are, right? Like, I'm still getting results back. So I can't even say fully yet. But like, I still have that blind faith that so we do are I. okay, right? <laughs> yeah, I like, totally, ha- I have complete faith that that you're okay. But, um, but well, yeah. Thanks, Roni. It's so sweet. I wasn't sure if you want me to say that. Like, I'm not facing nothing here. But, but we, yeah. I know for a fact that that this is good. <laughs> we're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if, um, if, if for that listener that relapsed, if you're listening, reach out. Yeah. Because we're like, we're here for you. And like, it, it's, it doesn't take, it's not one person. It's a village. It takes a village. Yeah. You can't go through it alone. You just can't. Correct. And you can't. Yeah. That's honestly why I opened my blog to begin with. I wanted to meet people in similar positions and, and help and, and, talk about my story and hopefully help someone out there. And yeah. a lot of people yeah. message me to talk about things that they're going through and I love it. And it's not a burden at all. I, I want to help. It's my purpose Preach. here in this world. So, yeah. so please like we're, we're here for you guys. Just reach out to any of us, both of us, whatever mm-hmm. we're here. Um, we're here. Yeah. And let's do a transition yeah. to our last topic. Yeah. yeah our is. last topic today is actually fertility and menopause in your 20s. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people have been asking me about this. I'm going <laughs> to start off by explaining what I did um, to preserve my fertility um, because not everyone, but a lot, um, young adult cancer patients will typically get an opportunity to preserve their fertility in some way or another, as long as that's an option. Um, depends Correct. on the cancer and like what you know, phase you're at and, and stuff like that. And if you have what time, treatments you've had, it's yeah, exactly. 
So I had just done two rounds of chemo that were not supposed to affect my ovaries. And they told me that I now needed to um, remove, like basically uh, preserve my ovaries um, immediately before the chemo number round number three. Um, okay. So I had my ovaries removed and they're currently in a freezer um, in a lab somewhere. Um, or at least I had half of one and a quarter of one removed. The rest are in me, but the, the rest of the chemo sessions like killed them. They don't work anymore. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that's what I did. That's how I preserved my fertility. Um, essentially in a perfect world, you're supposed to, if you want to, um, re reimplant the ovaries once you're healthy so that you can get pregnant like somewhat naturally um, and then carry the child and all that. Um, unfortunately, There's also ways to just like withdraw the eggs, correct? Not Yes, correct. Ovaries. That was not an option for me. At, in yep. the country that I was at the time, they also said that preserving ovaries was just like all around better, better, a better option. And okay. I believe with ovaries, it takes time. I mean, with eggs, it takes time because you need to... Um, take certain maybe injections certain medications to correct yeah to, ovulate yeah exactly to produce a, a few eggs not just one so it took yeah. some time and i know that i had no time um okay. like when i found out that i was sick i didn't go back home from the hospital i immediately started treatment and so that um so that wasn't an option for me um so i did remove my ovaries um and in a perfect world i would put them back in and carry a child um, mm-hmm. I, I might still put them back in, but a few things need to happen, but I won't be carrying the child, um, most likely because I was told by doctors that I, they don't know if my body could handle it. First of all, yeah. my joints, I don't know if my hips wouldn't like break. Um, yeah. and like, it might lead to like a heart attack or something like it might be too stressful yeah. on my organs. Um, so no, thank you. <laughs> if I, <laughs> but uh, if I put them back in and what needs to be done before I put them back in is um, they need to be tested for a year. Um, six months will be just some like lab tests for, to mm-hmm. make sure that there's no leukemia in them. Leukemia typically, or my leukemia typically does not transfer to the ovaries. So it should be Correct. clean, but they just need to double check before they put it back inside of me. Um, okay. So they do that for six months. And then I believe they put it in like a, a slice of my ovary into like a lab rat um for another six months to see if it develops cancer because if it does then clearly there are cancer cells in the ovary correct if it doesn't then that's another indication that they're clean um yeah so if i decided to put them back in i would then um only once if i know that they're clean i would then um have an egg removed um and i would have use a surrogate to carry the the baby carry Um, the child okay so that's what I did. Um, and so what happened when I removed my ovaries and, and the chemo killed the, the leftover ones was yeah. that I went into menopause. Um, that's what happens. <laughs> it's supposed that to happen. That has to be exciting. Yeah. So fun. <laughs> no, I'll be honest with I'm you. Sorry, that's not funny. Yeah, it's, no, no. But, it, <laughs> I, you know, I joke about everything. But I'll be honest with you. It's not that bad because I they put me on hormone replacement therapy, HRTs. Okay. So, um, I don't, I'm not technically in menopause because I'm receiving hormones. 
But the second okay. I stop them, I go into menopause. Yeah. So right now I had surgery and they want you to stop hormones because it raises your risk of blood clot for blood clots. So I'm okay. off of them today and I have been for the past week and a half. Um, I don't think I have started menopause yet, but what would happen typically if I was starting menopause is I have um, hot flashes, a lot of hot flashes. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and I notice, sorry guys, I don't know, but my, my breast tissue changes. Like I almost yeah. feel like they feel less firm or something. Okay. I don't know if it's like something that somebody. That makes sense noticed, though. Like I notice it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I noticed that and um, vaginal dryness. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, I feel like after transplant, that's already like a, a normal side effect forever, just like yeah. dryness. But it's like a different level of dryness when you're um, yeah. in menopause. Yeah. Sorry for all this like weird stuff. Um, no, I this is really... this is good. I'm like I like that you're being real right now. Like this is, this is good because like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about guys' fertility and it's like a breeze and you're gonna be like like the two sides are completely different. <laughs> so listen, women are more important. No, I'm joking. Yeah. We go through the hard stuff because whoever put us here was like you guys are the um, life makers and so. You're going to go through more because we care more about you. No, I'm joking. I'm really joking. Does, I don't know what I'm getting does at. Does the h hormone therapy affect you at all? Or is does it really just like, do you feel anything when you get the hormone therapies? Or is this just something that kind of like holds off the menopause? You so feel pretty normal. You. It depends. Sometimes your hormone. So, okay. I'll give you guys a little bit too many, too much details right now. Um, I... I stopped the hormone therapy for surgery, not only for surgery, but because it was giving me weird side effects. So I don't get a period because okay, like I could, if I wanted to, they could give me the type of hormones that cause a period, but like why get one? Definitely. You don't need one. Um, it's exactly. just like annoying. Um, like sex all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's, just, it's just like unnecessary. Okay. Like who wants it? But I, um, yeah. yeah, so, so I was actually having weird side effects, like, like bleeding, which I don't get my period. So why was I bleeding? And I, I felt like my pores were all clogged. Um, I was weird. bloated, things like that. But it's, it's the same um, type of uh, effects that a, a normal girl my age would have, because I'm just getting, yeah. I'm receiving the same thing that she just has in her body naturally. Um, okay. So it's in pill form or like a patch form. So it's not like an injection okay. or anything like that. But I thought it was like a needle injection. No, no, no. I mean, maybe there's yeah. also that kind, but no, that's, I, I, it's, I've only been on either pill or patch. Um, okay. So, the, okay. so typically I don't notice side effects, but for some reason I did the past month. So I, I'm switching my hormone replacement um, to a different medication. But, um, but yeah, so those are the, the symptoms that I have. Some people were asking me about um, like certain questions. Like right now, I, today I asked people on, on my blog, like what questions would you ask someone who's going through um, menopause in their 20s? And they asked me about how it affects my self-perception of femininity and sexuality. That was one question. Um, yeah. And I would say that that just, no, just being or just being in like postmenopausal 
makes you feel like an yeah. old lady. <laughs> it just does. Yeah. So um, not necessarily because of what your body feels like, because I, I don't know. It just that's not what affects me. But just the thought of knowing that I'm going through what somebody at the age of 50 should be going through just makes you Correct. feel less feminine and sexy in that way. Like, yeah. It's just a fact. But... I mean, those those hormones have to affect like the chemicals in your brain, too. For I sure. Assume, right? Hormones so, like, affect everything. There's... Yeah. Yeah. So, so that has to affect everything. Your sex drive. Your Yeah. Sex everything. drive. Yeah. So when I'm when menopausal, I probably have less of a sex drive. And yeah, then when I'm on my hormones, um, which is, of course, is is normal. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess um, I, I think I did get some more questions, but maybe in the meantime, you could go into it and I can um, go through the questions that I got. No. Yeah. 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 So for male fertility treatments, let's just start there. When I got diagnosed, I was in a very, very poor condition. I was literally incoherent um pretty much like i i couldn't make sense of what was going on um not sure if that was trauma or whatever but i couldn't masturbate to donate sperm in order to be able to bank it immediately so they started me on my first rounds of treatments and chemo and stuff like that and i went through that whole treatment and all that i even went through the round of car t cells um before i was able i didn't actually bank sperm until before my transplant oh wow so interesting um that's actually for those that don't know that's pretty far into treatment to be banking sperm and so uh i still had apparently i need to kind of reread through my spreadsheet and results but i'm pretty sure i had plenty of swimmers still but it was just a thing of um it it, we you don't know if they're viable or not right right like we the the issue for guys is like yeah, you can have 3 million swimmers, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they're viable. Yeah. Like, and they're going to be able to function and able to, uh, um, uh, or what is that called? Fertilize an egg. Right, Gosh, wow. right. Um, and so, you, like, that's that's something that we have to pay attention to. And because I've gone through all that treatment, I don't know how that sperm has been affected either. So, like, I don't know, you know, it, has there been any, like, change in my sperm makeup like the dna that it's getting like the chromosomal stuff like chemo is literally like rat poison in your blood so like the changes that it has on the male um fertility is just very similar to the female in the fact that it just kind of f's everything up so um i also just a question um this might be a stupid question because i don't know anything about male preservation for fertility i mean um how is there a way to like to test it to make sure that not only are your like there are a lot of swimmers but that they can work properly that they can work i i actually don't know i don't know if that just because they are swimmers like they can just like (laughs) dump dump the lot on (laughs) and just see if it works one will get there yeah yeah one will get there or something i don't know i mean i'm sure there's ways to do it through uh right science biologically with like uh uh like through a micro like under a microscope but i mean like i said that that would require like a surrogate and stuff like that and i don't know what my chances for fertility are today Mm -hmm. like i don't know if i could have sex and get a girl um, pregnant 
get a girl pregnant okay. exactly i'm not sure if that is still possible especially after post-transplant please, like please don't try it to check on like unless no, you're really no, trying don't <laughs> nope don't plan on it <laughs> it's like let me just find out Anyways. real quick <laughs> Yeah, for male fertility though, like guys, you know what you got to do. You masturbate into a cup, and then they, put, I put mine in a suspension fluid. Um, it's kind of weird because my mom was there, and I pretty much had to tell her oh, about okay. it. She wasn't in the room. To... No, she wasn't <laughs> okay. in the room, but like I had to let her know because we had to. You, I had to mail it, and it had to be mailed out within like I think twenty four hours or forty eight hours of me like yeah, doing so it, that they don't and die. so we had to get to the post office. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it was pretty seamless, seamless process for us. We're very lucky compared to girls. But um, in regards to sexuality and things and like things that guys face, I mean, there's no real change. Like sometimes I kind of feel like I'm going through puberty again once I start to get off chemo. I will say that because if your hair's falling out, like all my body hair fell out during transplant and now it's all growing back. And that's just it's like going through puberty yeah. again. Right. And um sexually uh sex drive drops to zero when you're on treatment i don't know if it's the same thing for girls but like as a guy i really haven't felt horny ever i've never felt turned on really like i sometimes like i i'm trying to think back like even trying to get it up i never woke up with like morning woods or anything like that like it was always i was like i was always soft I don't even know what else to say other than yeah. that. No, like, that's that's sorry to get. No, people want to know. People want to know. Yeah, it's good that but you're like, saying this, so some people don't feel like weird that it's happening to them. And yeah, and so yeah, but it returns to normal after, like when you when you stop doing treatment, you'll find that your hormones will just like skyrocket yeah. again, and then all of a sudden you're waking up with boners all the time, <laughs> and you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, it, there's two sides, but um, for guys, I mean, you kind of just transition back and that just don't be don't be having sex post post treatment or during treatment and like get a girl pregnant because treatment can really mess use up protection. that child. Life. Yeah, use protection, yeah. you guys. Um, so. And yeah, I just want to say real quick, I know we're at the end here. Um, I was asked, how do I deal with with hot flashes? Okay. Um, I have a little fan that I purchased on Amazon. This little, it's like this big, but it's powerful. Um, if anyone is interested in the exact model, um, please d like DM me on living after cancer with two R's on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll find that out for you. It's so powerful and wherever I am and it's small, I could take it with me, uh, put it in a little purse so I could just use it and I feel so much better. Um, but also of course, hormone replacement i don't have hot flashes when i'm on it but i still have that fan yeah. for other purposes because i get hot all the time so yeah that's how yeah. i deal with it um but yeah we're we're gonna try to wrap this up right now you got oh, wait I'm, yeah yeah add? yeah so i was i just wanted to say real quick that um we've gotten a lot of messages about merchandise a lot of people were kind of shitty that they didn't get yeah. <laughs> uh hoodies which is okay i i made them limited edition for a reason mm -hmm um we'll be coming out with more cool stuff like that soon uh that will be limited edition only available for a certain amount of time but i do want to say this july we are going to drop some cool stuff we are hoping like hats t-shirts maybe yeah tanks. lots of summer items. We're, our, we're still and yeah we're, we're still talking through it we we're, we're 
my focus is on quality and I really want to give everybody the quality that they deserve yeah, and we want same. quality products stand out this we want to make this a brand and we want you know this to become something really yeah. cool and so uh just a heads up stuff will be coming in July uh keep your eyes out and uh yeah, that's yeah. All I have to and thank you to everyone who's been repping the yeah 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 um, that's tight it's tight to see people wearing yeah I love that. it's so love cool that. it's like really exciting to see um like tag us in your pics we'll share yeah. them um but yeah thank you so much for listening today you guys and we'll see you next week yeah okay. see you next week folks bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.